0: Welcome to a brand new episode of Deep Thoughts with the
1: Dixons. (laughs) It's recording. Hi, guys. Welcome to a new episode. I'm so excited. You just spit everywhere. I'm so
0: excited. Guys,
1: I'm not starting over. We're rolling with this. Let's roll. Happy Tuesday.
0: Welcome. Back to another episode of Deep Thoughts with the Dixons. We're super grateful you guys are joining us again. We have some really interesting stuff to talk about this uh, week. A lot
1: of interesting, but let's go back to last week. Last week I was having a meltdown. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> and it was about it. the <laughs> the power of sur- There is power in surrendering. That's right. Um, so a little update on that. Um, I have been applying my stuff. I think I I, I fell off the wagon twice this week though. Uh, both times. Brian just looked into my eyes and said, it's going to be okay. <laughs> right. Sometimes I got to hit her with a deep eye look <laughs> and then capture her soul. Like Edgar Allan
0: Poe, the famous poet said, eyes are the windows to the soul.
1: I used to like his stuff, but now I look back, it was very dark.
0: Everybody back then was super dark because they were just as a pounding kid. whiskey, as doing a kid. drugs. And then no, but as a
1: kid, I, no, no, dark isn't like, why was I reading that stuff as a kid?
0: Well, we're instructed to in school, a.k.a. the institutions that brainwash us so well.
1: Yeah. Anyway. So, do I... Have I found... The fear of the unknown is what was last week, too. How, do I know what the unknown is is, gonna, is like? No, it's still unknown. That's, so, <laughs> hence the word. Nothing unknown. has... Yeah, nothing has changed. <laughs> so, I'm still, like, hanging on by a thread at this moment. But... During my journey... Well, oh, hold on. Let's back it up before we get into that, because... Why don't
0: we tell everybody about this, this nice bronze tan I'm getting we're from all, being able to walk yeah, outside? We're, yeah,
1: we're all really dark right now. All
0: the weather's just been beautiful It's been like
1: week. 80s and sunny so here been able all to week. work outside almost every day. Yeah um onyx is doing better she is she had her checkup she's progressing oh, yeah, really she did well
0: more, she got her stitches out on this last wednesday yeah. and she is you can tell that now she's at a point where she's feeling better because she like will come out of when we take her out of her crate she like gets excited and like wants to run around but we really got to hold her really tight because she still has a couple more weeks of very minimal movement to make sure nothing just three weeks of crate, crate rest still. exacerbates again
1: yeah Um, What else do... Oh, how about you tell people about the digital product and when it's going to be out?
0: Yeah, for sure. So we sat down kind of beginning of COVID and, you know, knowing that everything was going to be locked down, we said, you know, let's go ahead and use this time very wisely. Let's figure out how we can do something that's going to bring value to other people. And so Nina and I started bouncing ideas back and forth. And I had this idea in my head for a while. I just didn't have clarity around how I wanted to actually define it just yet and how I wanted to manifest and bring it into form. But basically, what we've created now is a lifestyle course, and we mapped out like all the things that we've noticed that we've tested, the trial and error we've performed over the last like, 17, 18 years of our lives. And once we mapped that all out, we said, okay, here's the things that turned out to really, really work well for us that we have now integrated and incorporated into our life every single day, or as Dina likes to say, on a daily basis. And... Uh, we basically created a product for that. We created a digital product. It comes with an amazing, super valuable video course. It comes with a lifestyle guide. It comes with an abundance content, abundance of content in our lifestyle notes. And there's just so much valuable information. there. literally stuff that's taken us 17 years to get to where we are now. And we've condensed this into what we think is just an awesome informational product that we're going to be able to provide to our customers that is going to be able to teach you how to eat In a way that's going to help electrolyze your body, how to sleep better, how to work with your spinal health and posture, how to uh, leverage the different fitness routines that we've developed over the years after years and years of trial and error and wasting thousands and thousands of dollars on gym memberships and all sorts of things like what we've learned that has been best for us. Things that we've worked in in terms of like our mobility and flexibility routines, our mindfulness and meditation routines. And just a tremendous amount of information that we break down in three specific ways. We break it down scientifically, so you can really understand the science behind why it is we do what we do and what we've learned from it and how it impacts your body. Metaphysically, so how, how the energy components of what we do can help you create more energy and basically grow with more abundance in everything you do within your life. And then practically, so practically, what are the steps that you have to take each and every day to implement these things? Like, how do you implement this into your diet? From a workout routine, we've got videos built in for every single thing we do, like do-it-yourself tutorials for every single workout move. Uh, Same thing with our mobility and flexibility. So you're gonna get just an incredible amount of information that if you even integrate a portion of it, you're gonna see a huge enhancement in your life. But over time, if you're able to incorporate most or all of it, I truly think it's gonna be transformational for people that actually do it.
1: We include links too to like the type of matcha we drink and the type of tea we have and where we get it from, like yeah. we, um, our skincare and we don't, routine. And this is not
0: like promotional on our behalf. We don't get paid by no. any of these product vendors. These are just things that we've tested from products all over the world, from our travels around the globe and what we've learned works best. And you know, if you wanna try that product, go for it. We don't make a dime off it. We just recommend it because we use it ourselves and it works for us. And with that, we want to be able to provide the 17, eight years or I'm sorry, seventeen to eighteen years of knowledge that we have developed from testing all these things and these different routines that we've done and mindfulness practices and provide that to all of you. So we're super excited. Probably in the next one to two weeks, we will have everything up and live and you will be able to purchase it. And we'll direct you to our links then.
1: So on to today's topic of discussion. This topic of discussion came through my... So last Friday is when we recorded the, the podcast, I believe, um, where I was explaining how I had this epiphany and I realized that I have a fear of the unknown and I have to surrender and I have to work on it now. And I recorded it that that evening and then I had the weekend and then I had all week to work on that. I've been working on it. I've really been meditating very hard. Like I mentioned earlier, that unknown is still lingering there. But... Um, I think I like fell off the wagon twice this week, but Monday I was sitting at my computer and starting to do my work and you know, I get sidetracked and distracted. So I want to go to Amazon and put a bunch of shit in my cart for no reason.
0: And I think for clarification purposes, when Nina's saying falling off the wagon, she means like maybe emotionally or anxiety, not like mainlining crack. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and... I'm I'm on Amazon on Monday and just like clicking through and I never scroll to the bottom of the Amazon page. Like never. Who does? Why would you do that? And for some reason, my mouse went down there and I saw this book called Becoming Supernatural. And I'm like, ooh this sounds cool. So I clicked it. It says it's not going to be here for another three weeks. And I'm like, oh, screw that. And then I couldn't get the book out of my head. So like an hour later, I went online looking for like a free copy from anywhere. And I found a free PDF version of it. And I sat there instead of doing work, I started reading it. And then the following day, or maybe that evening, my mom texts me this breathwork exercise that I should be doing, or both Brian and I should be doing. And it's like takes 45 minutes to complete, but it's like literally like the fountain of youth. And then I started researching that. And I realized that there's tons of like medical research proving that this breathwork exercise every day, twice a day, has healed people of like. Anything and everything.
0: And tell our listeners, what is this called?
1: Uh, it's called a Pranayam. Okay. And then then like Wednesday or Thursday, your friend Conrad calls you and he shares Dr. John Sarnos, I think his name is. Mm-hmm. And then the heel documentary that's on Netflix. And then he also shares a woman's name called Nicole Sachs.
0: And all of this information with these particular doctors.
1: I'm not done yet. Okay. And I'm like, okay. Like there's just a pattern going on that all these things that are coming to like, I'll explain the pattern. I'm like, this is odd. And then the last one was on
0: that show you watch, Real Housewives.
1: Oh yeah, my friend texts me and goes, "Hey, you really should watch the latest episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills." Denise Richards' husband, Aaron. She's like, she's like, he's right up our alley. And I was like, oh my god, like I he is up my alley. I always thought he was very good looking, um, but this dude is out there, and it is in the most phenomenal way that he, I mean, This is a compliment that I'm trying to give him. He's like a. Not a doctor, but he heals people with energy, literally physical boxes of energy like machines. And he just has the coolest backstory. I went like on a huge rabbit hole with him on Friday. And so all week, one thing after another, here was the pattern from Monday to Friday. Somehow from like Brian's friends or my friends or the Internet, things were coming to me. I wasn't searching for them. They were coming at me and they were all around healing yourself whether it's physical, mental, or emotional issues that you may have, it was all based around energy and healing yourself. It was all based around teaching you the connection between the brain and the body and how we have not been taught correctly how the brain and the body works. Like we're humans, but nobody really takes the time to teach us how everything connects together and how our heart amplifies things for us. But we think so much. We manifest, try to manifest so much and try to do things by thinking. Like, I'm healthy, I'm healthy, I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy. Thinking doesn't do anything. You have to feel it first. And then why do we fall into these traps? Like, why did I fall off the wagon again? There's a very scientific reason for that. A very valid scientific reason for that, which we'll discuss today. So everything was really based around epigenetics. If you had to explain epigenetics, what it, would it be to everybody?
0: So the study of epigenetics has been around for forever but in terms of the actual marketing term epigenetics basically what it means is like there's a really good book actually that defines it. it's called the biology of belief by a guy named dr bruce lipton and he's been studying epigenetics for like 30 or 40 years and people were like you're crazy this makes no sense and now this like people are starting to realize everything that he's been studying for so long actually does make sense and there's a lot of other doctors that have done it too but a lot of people think that it's too far out there and it kind of falls outside of scientific standards. And basically, what it is, is it's training your mind to believe in a circumstance and reflecting an emotional state that you would feel once that circumstance is achieved to then help accelerate that circumstance creating in your reality. So, what I mean by that is say you hurt yourself, right? And you want to get healthy um, what you would do is, you know, instead of taking medication or instead of going to get surgery, maybe for the stuff you would sit there repeatedly one or two times a day and meditate on this is what I want to, this is how I want to be healthy basically. And all the things that you experience when you're healthy and then reflect the different emotional states you would feel once you reach those outcomes. Right. So like when I'm healthy, I feel free, I can walk, I feel happy, I feel grateful, like all these different things. So basically, you're you're leveraging your emotions to heal yourself.
1: Yeah, epigenetics is not really about meditating. Meditating is just a type of tool to help you get there. But epigenetics is more around the connection between the mind, body and heart, and how we can utilize these three to our advantage to make our own healing, literally our physical healing. And the problem, well, the problem is that this stuff is not really open and not a lot of people are open to it, but if in you... The,
0: in the Western
1: world. Right, but that. if you research this deep enough, there's a ton of documentation and a ton of research and a ton of proof behind this kind of, quote unquote, healing or, or way of medicine is what I would call it. Um, but... I'll go back to the book on Becoming Supernatural where like I started reading about it and it starts off just kind of like this um, his name's Dr. Oh, I always forget his name. Dispenza?
0: Dr. Joe Dispenza.
1: Dispenza. And I I don't know anything about him. I didn't even try to look him up. I just started reading the book. And it starts off with a story about a woman, a woman whose husband who's an attorney kills himself randomly and leaves her with a ton of debt in Amsterdam. And how she like stored all those emotions inside of her body and because she had two sons at the time and it was so bad that she like almost the pent-up energy from that traumatic experience and event and the replaying of the why did he do this didn't he love me or blah 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 like she hated him loved him hated him loved him but he's dead and gone you know so these emotions were starting to block her and she started coming down with all sorts of um sicknesses and issues and cancer and and paralysis, all this weird stuff, like intense, serious things. Well, long story short, doctors put her on a ton of meds and, you know, she's not really getting better, but she comes across Dr. Dispenza's work. She starts applying it. Within a year, she is walking. And within like a year and a half, she's completely cancer-free and tumor-free. And when she went back for her checkup again, she had like a little ulcer in her mouth. And she's like, no, I don't want your medicine. The medicine is what caused the ulcer. It was a medicine for something else in her body. She like kicked off everything. And to now she's like a completely healthy woman living a great life. And then he just shares a bunch of stories. And then he goes into the science of everything. And the research and studies that his own um, company or people have done, improved and published. And then he's also gone back like, you know, like Tesla times. Of like things that have were studied and done and documented to prove that humans... If they use their...
0: Nikola Tesla, not Tesla, the car manufacturer. Yeah, no.
1: If they use their mind and their heart in an appropriate manner, that they can literally heal anything. So I'm on Chapter 3 at this point, and I'm like, I got to talk about this on the podcast. And obviously, as the week progresses, I continue to get bombarded with other signs about the same stuff. I happen to look up this guy's story, Dr. Dispenza's story. And I don't know, he was running or biking, something. And he got hit by a caravan. And six of his spinal vertebrae were, like, compressed. And he was, like, paralyzed. And the doctor said, like, you immediately need – I don't know the name of the surgery, but apparently it's the most um, dangerous and, like, most, like, intricate surgery on your back that you can have. And he, like, looks at them and goes, no. And then just, like, leaves the hospital. And he's giving an interview. You could listen to this on YouTube – and he's like, if that was anybody else, I would say go get surgery. He's like, but for some reason in that moment, I was like, no, I don't want it. I, this is a call for me. This is a wake up call for me. And he explains how in life things happen to shake us and you don't understand what that means until it happens to you. He's like, I can't sit here and tell you that your wake up call is happening or that's happening because it means to put you on your path. He's like, you're never going to get it if I tell you. Only you are going to notice finally when it's hit over your head a thousand times or when something so major happens that you're just faced with like a, it's like you you hit a wall. You're not even emotional about it. He goes, you're so blanked at this point that, oh my God, you know, and he's like, I went home and I immediately started to research like the mind and body. He was like, I was already dabbling into it. This is, this was the backstory. He's like... Now I felt
0: this is it. It's like Doctor Strange.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's like, now this is, and he goes, he's like, I spent every single day for three hours, he would sit in his wheelchair in front of the computer screen and vision his vertebrae being like healed and put back together in its normal way. Three hours. Someone would say, why is he doing it for three hours? Because he kept getting distracted. He's like, it's very hard to focus on something that you don't have yet or you are not experiencing it at the moment. How do you feel those feelings and emotions? How can I feel like I'm good again and I'm walking again when I'm here sitting in a wheelchair looking at a picture of a vertebrae on my screen and trying to imagine its mind being healed? He's like, that's hard. And I, you know, kind of emotionally was going back and forth with it. So for three, three hours a day for a month, he said that he focused on it until he could no longer be distracted by it. So he could sit there for three hours, really feel the feelings of being okay again and walking and jumping. After four weeks of doing this, he started to feel mobility in his hands, like all on its own. After eight weeks, he started walking. And at 12 weeks, he started training again. I believe it was running or, wa- or biking. I don't remember which one.
0: And take for granted, he probably, if he would have gotten surgery, he would have been out for like a year. Something like that. Like spinal surgery is no joke. They wanted to put rods in him. Yeah.
1: Which restricts your mobility at that point, too. Sure. So... That's And and while he was going through this process for 12 weeks, which I think is mentally, that's very hard. Um, He obviously not knowing what's going to happen. When you go to surgery, there's a fear around that. But like, okay, you do it and doctors tell you you have X amount of chance. You're drugged up the rest of the time, right? When you go home and you expect to get better and you're over the issue. He's there dealing with it, facing it every single day. Like I could potentially just be paralyzed, but I can heal myself, right? He was reprogramming his mind complete opposite of what we all grew up to learn doctors are yelling at him his family's freaking out and he's saying no i'm going to switch this i don't believe in this yet but i'm going to make myself believe in this and i'm going to i'm going to change this so while he was doing that for 12 weeks he made a promise to himself like in his heart and he's like i used to say god if this works I will quit everything and I'll spend the rest of my life teaching the world about this. And he's like, and that's exactly what I did after 12 weeks. And he's like, now I go around teaching everybody about this. And he goes, I don't call myself a doctor. I don't call myself a healer. I don't call myself anything. He's like, I literally just want to help people realize what potential lies within them. And it doesn't have to be this woo-hoo mystical, magic thing. It's science.
0: Yeah. And I think what's interesting is what you just said about like he doesn't call himself a doctor or a healer. Um, he's just trying to help people train themselves. It's actually very similar to what the guy on the housewife show said that does all the energy work is he says, I'm careful about how I say it. He goes, I don't call myself a healer or a doctor. He goes, but the way I think about it is I'm teaching others how to unblock energy flows so that they can heal themselves.
1: He too has a very scientific uh, outlook on it. Aaron was talking about you guys want to look him up. It's Denise Richards' husband. He he was explaining how several instances in his life growing up, I think he was hit by lightning. Um, he grew up around a ha- place where there was people were getting cancer. So he
0: grew up next to the biggest nuclear reactor in the United States. It's in L.A., right? I don't remember where it was. And he basically was like. Everybody in this town is coming down with cancer and he's like, it makes no sense to me how we can like split an atom, but we can't figure out how to heal a sickness like this. Right. And he basically learned more about it and started dedicating his life to figuring out how to, you know, create healing for lack of a better term. For people without having to use invasive techniques or like, and he built like these amazing electromagnetic machines that basically you could put around people that were sick or had injuries and it could heal them at like a tremendous accelerated rate.
1: He tore or broke his own Achilles and within two months, he didn't go for surgery. Within two months, he healed it himself. And so with his machines, what we're trying to say is the reason our society or the masses or the norm is not accepting this stuff is several one we've got the FDA and the medical board and all these crazy institutions that are backed by billions and billions of dollars and only monetary profit and gain which I'm not actually I'm not afraid to say that on here I'm gonna say it Um, they're they don't have your best interest it's just not there I'm right. not saying that all doctors are bad but I'm saying that their their theories their way of fixing things and their motto is just it's broken
0: and that's, that largely has to do with how medical school teaches doctors. Also agreed, right? and, but, but that's you, why I think if, it's
1: a whole institution.
0: Well, if you, it's, it's much bigger than that, I think. But if you look at the companies that stand to benefit from people getting surgery, or people having to take medication, or people you know that are having to seek medical treatment, these massive multi-billion-dollar pharma companies and medical device companies like they if you really think about it if they cure anything they quit making money off that product right if they have something that cures something they then quit making money off whatever that product could be so it's literally not in their best interest as a business to cure anything because there's no profit in that they can't make more money for their business they can't grow they can't make more money for their shareholders which a lot of these bigger companies have all reached that point where they got to focus on the bottom line and they know and they understand that so like they there's actually amazing remarkable cures for things that you can do all around the world but it's not in the best interest of these companies to let that information get out
1: my heart just won't let me accept that we can create nuclear bombs we can get self-driving cars we can do all this crazy stuff and have all these inventions but after pouring billions and billions of dollars into research for cancer you can't find a cure all you do is find a medicine to like suppress the stuff or do something like chemo, which is 10 times worse on your body. These are the things that, and I know like, I'm sure there's people who have been healed by it, and I, and I mean no disrespect to that either, but I get it when people are in that vulnerable state of when you're sick. We depend on the system. We are depending on medicine. We depend on doctors to tell us what to do. We depend on modern science. We never ever depend on ourselves. We never turn around and look at ourselves and think that wow some intelligence made me before I was even conceived was I not something like aren't you energy aren't you something in the universe before you your brain is developed and the rest of your body comes together and you're like birthed into this world something created you don't you think that that something is there to help you heal it's our mindset that doesn't allow us to accept that we can heal ourselves because it's such a scary path it's, like, scary. It's, like, oh, my God, what if this happens? What if I delay my procedure and I, like, get this? Or, like, there's all these fears around it. Instead of allowing an environment where we allow people to do this and put a belief around it, um, we we shun it and we let it go. And then there's these healers that are popping up everywhere. You, you can't – they're not even, like – they're very under the radar, um, these people. And so, like, someone who wants to seek them, they can't even – easily access them you know like you really have to do your information and do your research and find them but this guy's book um, Dr. Dispenza's book just goes deep into science and medicine put together and he discusses the correlation between the brain the human brain the human body and then the mind and how they're all intertwined and we're not using them to our full capacity one of the things that he said that really got me was he's like Our brain and body continuously put out feelings, thoughts, and, um, sorry, physically put out the, like the manifestations of emotions and thoughts and feelings based on the very immediate past. And what he means by that is like, here's an example. I'll use two examples. The first one's going to be fasting. A lot of people don't fast because someone tries to fast and they immediately stop within the first five hours. Because they didn't have their breakfast at 6 a.m. like they normally do. So at like 10 a.m. at work, they're freaking out. They're like, I'm getting a headache. And I'm like, I'm dying. I'm so starving. Like my stomach is growling. Like all these things start happening, right? Do that voice again. Oh, my God. <laughs> all these things start happening to them. And they're, it's just like they're not really happening to you. Your brain and your body are communicating because they're used to being fed at 6 a.m. Now you're trying to go in there and reprogram that. So it's freaking out. It doesn't mean you're really hungry. It doesn't mean you need food and it doesn't mean you're going to pass out. It's your body's like reaction and response to, oh my God, something's different. Something's different. This is the unknown for me. I don't know what to do. So it starts to send those signals out there. Just like that, it does that for us in our life. A lot of us wake up in the morning. What's our first thought? Like, oh, I went to sleep with a headache last night. Do I have a headache now? Like you look for the headache oh, I have like five emails to do, today's Monday, it's like my most busiest day, and then you gear towards that. And you think about the same people, the same job, the same humdrum stuff, the same to-do list that you have, therefore you keep creating that same pattern between your brain, what it's telling you to think, and your body, how it's telling you to make you feel, which is usually stress, subliminal stress, that eventually catches up to us. But what we have to do, he explains, is every single minute of the day, Reprogram your mind to step into a new environment like ethereally like physically like you know you get up and say it's gonna be the best day ever don't focus on the dumb shit the 3D manifestations and the stuff that you have to do as a human focus on like feeling the feeling of like an awesome day energized day and give no thought to the physical stuff that you have to do that day and that's where you give room to the universe you give space basically in your life you're opening in an unknown area where it can give you the manifestations that you want or else you're going to keep attracting the same stuff. Let's use Go ahead. Let me touch on that for a sec. Yeah. So
0: I want to break this down a little more scientifically because I think it may help people understand. So what Nina is describing right now may sound a little esoteric, but the reason this actually happens is because when you create an emotional state within yourself through your thoughts and through the feelings of your body and mind you begin to radiate a real electromagnetic signal that expands from beyond your body, right? And it expands into the reality that exists around you. This is like the, from a scientific perspective, it's like the quantum field that exists. And we all have this quantum field energy. And the majority of what we see every single day in our reality, like 99.99, or I don't know the exact number, but it's it's like 99.9 something percent of everything we see, that we perceive to see, is actually empty space. And we exist and all of our surroundings exist in this large quantum field of just infinite energy, but we can't actually perceive it that way because we're limited through our senses. So this energy exists around us, energy exists inside of us, and we control through our thoughts, actions, and emotions how we interact with this this infinite connected energy right we're not disconnected from this energy so if you're able to train yourself to have emotions and you stay in this elevated emotional state throughout the entire day each day whatever that emotional state is is what's going to provide that energy signature in this quantum field that exists and is connected all around us and when you place yourself in this elevated emotional state for a lengthened period of time your reality begins to change. Your opportunities or challenges begin to change. The people that come into your life or leave your life begin to change. And it's all because you're operating at a certain emotional frequency that casts an energetic signature from yourself into the interconnected quantum field that exists outside of your perceived disconnected body, even though, we're all, even though everything's connected. So from a scientific perspective, that's kind of how this all happens.
1: Instead of continuously focusing your thoughts on the same stuff again and again, which yeah. is giving you the same results, the same emotions, and the same fear-based thoughts. That's, that's true. So in doing this, um, he also explains why, the, why, why are we wired this way? And he said it's because, you know, back in the Stone Ages, we did have this, um, what is it called? The fight or... Fight or flight response. That response. And so our body, when it saw something it didn't know... It went into like fear mode. And your, like
0: your adrenal glands actually begin to secrete the hormone and it heightens your level of awareness right. like, in that moment. And
1: like stresses go and this happens. And so in, now in the modern world, how this affects us is that we think that we are being smart, intelligent, responsible adults by doing what we have to do every single day and being focused and driven and blah, blah, blah. And throwing hissy fits when we have to or having breakdowns or whatever's happening because of it. But really, in reality, we're blocking progression in our lives because the unknown is so scary to us. Mm-hmm. We don't, our body and our brain doesn't want to deal with the unknown.
0: There's like a false sense of safety by yeah. re- repetitive behavior.
1: Yeah. So it's a false sense of security. So when you try to do anything, like, I always hear people say like, oh, I tried to be a vegan and XYZ happened to me. And I'm like, Okay. of the issue is this you're doing it and subconsciously your brain and your body are communicating and you're letting it communicate that way and you're giving into what it's saying to you it's giving you this fake response or this fake reaction of like you're not feeling good or you're feeling an xyz way or this because you're reading other stuff on it or people are telling you you shouldn't be a vegan there's all this other stuff that goes into it you know and so you're, whenever you do something like that to your body or, or to your brain, it's going to give you the old response back. Like, no, no, no. Take me back there. Take me back there.
0: Something you just said is an important point because you said other people are telling you yeah. you shouldn't do something right. Yeah, when that, It gets to you, dude. When that occurs, it's much easier for your elevated emotions to transition to more negative or fear-based elevated emotions when you have other people telling you you shouldn't be doing something because of whatever the reason, right? Mm -hmm. So maintaining your positive elevated emotions that align with the goal or outcome you're seeking, that's what you need to stay in all the time. But when other people are telling you no, or if you're going through a challenge, it's an easy thing to do, to change and revert back to the emotions you had before you set out on this goal of manifestation of whatever that thing is.
1: Yeah. And so, He explains why it's very hard for us humans to be this way. One, we are programmed from the Stone Ages. And two, um, 99% of us don't pay attention to what kind of brain state we're in all the time. And this past week, all I've done is pay attention to that. Now, I don't have a machine measuring my brain waves. But I I can tell you that it's working. Um, He explains that we go through our day from the minute we wake up, we hit the beta waves. And the beta waves are thinking about the next moment, what they have to do, overplaying scenarios in their head, overthinking things. Um, There might be a question looming out there that they don't have an answer to and they're like obsessing over it, trying to figure it out and control it. It's a very analytical, just ramped up mind. Yeah, I admit that's like 99% of us when we wake up. It's like, go, go, go. You're always predicting by putting out what you want to do constantly, like waking up, brush my teeth, go to the shower, this. If you woke up and did something completely random, guarantee your body's gonna give you some sort of signal. Like just, if you just woke up and said, oh, I'm gonna go for a walk, not brush my teeth, I'm not gonna drink coffee, I'm not gonna do this. You're gonna get halfway through your walk and you're gonna think, oh my God, I need my coffee. I'm so tired. No, you really don't. Your brain and your mind is programmed to think you need it. It knows you did something different, now it's shooting you signals for that. That's what it's doing, because it's different but you have to power through those moments in life. And this is what they say, reprogramming your mind, where how can you consistently stay in alpha theta waves for your brain? Alpha is like, for people who are artists, when you guys are singing or writing music, or um, when you're, if you're a painter, when you're painting, right? I, I wouldn't consider working out alpha waves. For me, when I work out, I'm like overthinking life. So maybe for some people, they're able to disconnect. Meditating, that's an alpha. But you're kind of in the flow state. You're in a creative place. You're
0: calm. I, I feel like the way to explain it is it's it's a state that you reach when you're doing something that you innately feel, like your heart innately feels you should be doing. Yeah,
1: right? you're not thinking about anything else. Mm-hmm. You're just in that moment doing that thing and having fun with it. Like I know gardening does it for a lot of people too, like things like that. And so he goes, how can you consistently stay in this alpha state um, and sometimes people can slip into theta state too, which is like a, a better, um, a better version of alpha for you. And, uh, there's like waves on, there's videos on this on YouTube that you can play. And so I've been playing them and every time I felt my mind shifting, I just like tried to like snap out of it. And I felt that one, I was more productive if I stayed, kept those brain waves in alpha. I was more creative and I wasn't really bothered by my unknown issue that I've been dealing with for like a week or two now. My mind just didn't have time to go there because it was so in the moment doing something it likes and just being creative. Like when I was reading the book, I was in the moment, right? When I was um, putting things together for this podcast, I'm in the flow. Like I'm always in the flow state when I'm preparing for a podcast or recording one. It's just constant flow. This morning I reread something for Brian and again, I was in like the flow of things. And he also states that This is the scientific part. If we can keep our brain levels and waves at the alpha state and train them to be here, then we can easily, every moment, step into the unknown and disrupt our daily schedules or whatever it is that we're programmed to think and do. If you consistently think that like I have a job and the only way I'm gonna get more money is if I get a promotion, and you keep thinking that and putting it out there, you're gonna continue attracting that lack because you're waiting for a promotion. You are trying to step into the universe and get a promotion because you want more money. But really what you want is just more money. You're trying to control how you get that money because you're fearful. You're fearful that if if you were to get the money from somewhere else, a different job or lose this one, you're like holding on to something familiar. And so our mind plays tricks like that in the beta state. Whereas when you're in the flow state, you could easily snap into it and say, I just want more money. Don't care how I get it. I just want more money. And, or and I could, have more money. And that could come a variety of different ways. And it could ways. come a ton of ways. So we, we, because the brain and the body want predictable and they want what they've always gotten, when you try to do something else and step outside of your reprogramming mind and do something new or attract something new or manifest something new in your life, it's not going to let you. It doesn't let you because it's fearful. It gets scared of it. So your thoughts get in, in the way and your ego kicks in and says, oh man, I, could, I need a new car, but I need to be this much. It's got to be this much and it, it's got to be this way and here. like You try to control everything basically. And you put these conditions on it, and which and is the, why people don't manifest things. And
0: I think the conditions come in two ways and these are really important to list. One is the condition of how it happens. And the other is the condition of the time length it will take to occur right so when you're going to create these elevated emotions to seek these outcomes that you desire you never want to put any attachment to a path or try to control the way the path in which or process in which you get there and you never want to put a timeline on it because by doing those two things you're creating limited thinking already
1: he made a good point like when you're in the alpha theta state which if people meditate or do these things they know what it feels like the flow state you don't, you're not attached to your identity in that moment, right? You're so in the flow and creative. You're not really focused on you, your identity, your name, your body, or your, you know, the physical aspect of life. You're just, this is just energy that takes you away. And he goes, that's why it's important to be in that alpha state. You are not associating with your current picture or reality of life. And when you're not associating with it and focusing on it, You are creating space, like Brian mentioned before, for the universe to deliver something for you that matches your emotional state right now for you. And so he had an experiment that he did or someone, I don't know who did it, but there were, everybody knows when there's like baby chickens or a puppy or something, whatever it sees, it assumes when it's born, it assumes that it's its mom or dad, right? And it follows it. You could put a baby chicken with a human or with a dog or whatever, and it's going to follow like the dog is its mom. Well, they put in a robot next to these hatching chickens. The chickens started to assume, obviously, project the energy of, we want our mommy, like, that's our mommy. And like, you know, love. Animals carry that energy very easily. And so it's like love. They don't have the alpha-theta situation going on. So they're looking for love, and that robot, which wasn't programmed to do anything but just bounce around and just do its own thing, bounced for a minute and when the chickens hatched within like a couple minutes it gravitated towards the chickens and it wouldn't leave it wouldn't leave their side proving his point of this is scientific energy in that robot energy in the chicken is the same energy we are all playing with it doesn't differentiate from each other exactly it's the same energy so because those chickens emitted this feeling of like we want our mommy and we want to be near her that thing stayed there or gravitated towards them even though this thing wasn't programmed by sensors or anything um and that's where like it clicked in my head when he shared that experiment in the book and i was like that is why they say or who says this um everything two two quotes came into my mind whatever you observe appears, what you don't observe disappears or doesn't exist. Right. And then the other one is everything is just energy in matter. Is that the one in form? So like I'm looking over at our, um, we're in our meditation room right now and there's like a, a pyramid there, like a pyramid statue. That pyramid's there because I'm observing it. But if I don't focus on it, it's not there. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, really not there. In my reality, if I'm not looking at it, it's not there.
0: So this is going to be a concept I think that's going to be very hard for people to grasp. So what Nina is describing right here, and there's been a lot of scientific studies done on this, is the reality this is what
1: you do i say things and then you break them down no you're better at saying them as opposed to me earlier side note we're like we're looking over our product our digital product and i'm like brian this is what i can do you can put everything together and then i can go in and read it and fine tune it and find the things that are missing from it but if you try to get me to put all my thoughts onto (laughs) paper that people can understand i can't do it i suck at that
0: So, I I just want to break it down. But I'm still
1: podcasting. That's right.
0: I want to make sure people understand. So, what Nina just described is basically the concept that when you are looking at something, you are perceiving that object or that thing or that person, and it's coming into your reality, and in. And that is basically based off your perception. But when you remove your focus on that thing and you go into a different room, as an example, right? everything that you just saw and had before is not basically coming into your perception at that point. So it's not even in existence in the way that we think about it. And I know this seems like a very foreign concept, but the reason this is like it is is because energy and You know everything that we see that we consider our reality is literally blinking in and out of existence on these micro fractional bits of a second all day long, all day and night long, right? At all times, it is blinking in and out of existence, but it's happening so fast that we can't see it. And it's because there's 99.99% of everything that we look at is empty space and it's energy coming in and out of its form. And so basically the concept is when you're focused on something, it creates itself in the reality. Like right now I'm speaking in front of this podcast microphone and it is there. I can see it. I can touch it. But I walk into a different room from my perception, even though I think that microphone is there, it's not in my direct perception. So in that time, it is actually not even in existence. And it's it's, it's a very, very challenging concept to convey. And I'm sorry if I just made you more confused by how I talked about it, but... I would recommend doing some research into this Read concept. this book. He, and also he breaks read the, it down. Watch the documentary. It came out, I think, in 2006. And it's called What the Bleep Do We Know? And I actually believe this Dr. Joe Dispenses is in that documentary. But it talks a lot about how this concept of whenever we're looking at things, they're actually blinking in and out of existence. And when we're not looking at them, it's like they disappear altogether.
1: I mean, here's a simple way. I literally just, the way I stated it, like I'm looking over at that pyramid. It's in my life. I look away from it, it's not in my reality. You're constantly creating your reality in this very moment. The fact that I looked at it five minutes ago and it was there, that's the past already. But the fact that I'm now looking at you, you're in my reality now, it's that simple. And so if you look over here, this is in your reality, create from this perpetual moment. So if you know you can feel better, if I can look at this person and feel better, or if I can you know, watch TV and forget about my worries for a second, and I can perpetuate that good feeling out there. I'm going to keep attracting really, really good things in front of me. So that's the whole theory behind it. But he has a whole method to going through it. And it's it starts off basically like training your mind to go into alpha or theta by doing specific meditations that he has on YouTube or in his book. And boy, do they work. I've done them for three days now, four days in a row. And... I'm not into super long meditations who has 54 minutes but I did and I didn't want in the morning in the evening in the morning sorry at night before bed and I don't know what they do it's like they put you in this like out-of-body experience like trance and what it does is it puts you in that alpha state of where I'm not really associating with myself I'm not associating with my body or my troubles of the day or my stresses of tomorrow I'm just the, the meditations like disconnect me from all of that And all I am, at times, I really can't even feel myself in my body. There's, like, moments of just, like, pure bliss. And you're just awareness. And he takes you through it. He walks you through the whole thing. And in that moment of awareness, he elicits these emotions out of you that are kind of bogged down under other crap throughout your day, like what you really, really want to feel or what you're trying to manifest or be. And he, like, completely pulls those emotions out of you Whereas like when you're done, you feel like you're high. Like I feel like I'm high and I just, I pass out so good and I sleep so deep after that. I did one, I did the same one this morning for 54 minutes. Um, It was like at 5.30 this morning before I even got out of bed and it like put the most incredible pep in my step today. Like it's Sunday. I was in the shower by 6.30 a.m. And I had like half my work done by 9. And so... That's what it does. And then you're supposed to carry that feeling with you throughout the day. Like it's still with me today. But it took me three or four days of doing it nonstop twice a day to now being able to harness that emotion. And when you feel yourself flipping, like thinking, there's a trick. When you feel yourself slipping away from these feelings because something triggered you in your day or you're working on an email and your mind starts to think about something else that you shouldn't be thinking about, you want to like snap out of it and say, I don't care what you think. And that's you telling your beta wave mind and your ego, you, the awareness, the happy one, the one who is what you're here to be, that you felt in the meditation, you are telling this one that you don't care what it thinks. And it's it's like an immediate cord cutting thing. It's that's like an good, energetic thing.
0: That's a good way to convey it. I know the last couple of nights when we've done the longer meditations that Nina just referred to we did them right before we went to sleep and each of those nights I've had like the most vivid dreams that I've had in a long time. Like, yeah. You know, just feel like it was, I was totally, well, weird. it helps it you open real. your
1: pineal gland too. Cause he goes through all seven, the ones we're doing, he walks you through all seven shockers of your body mm-hmm. until you're out of your body. And then he goes without your mind and your body, your awareness and you can still feel emotion with no thought you can feel emotion. I can elicit that emotion out of you, the pure emotion. I wanted to walk everybody through this, but I feel like this this one's already gotten pretty long. But once you do that, do the, use his meditations as a tool, you want to carry this with you. And then he took it a step further in one of his exercises. And I, uh, where do we share this? We share this in our digital product, actually, that'll be coming out soon. But you think of, you think of something that you want to manifest so let's just because this is something everyone can relate to right now I'll just say it let's just say money you want more money so think of a word that elicits that response of being rich out of you like feeling rich being rich want more money let's just put the word letter r for rich but you got to use something that resonates with you then you draw two squiggly lines around the r's which are which are around the r which are Supposed to represent the energy that we all keep talking about and that he really talks about. It's
0: the, the electromagnetic field that your emotional state will provide to the surrounding quantum universe, which creates your energetic signature. So it's like you put the word R for rich, you put these two squiggly lines around it, those two squiggly lines represent the energy that you're radiating to push yeah like happy
1: exactly and then like next to it you put the word intentions and you list what are your intentions with this money like I want this money to I want to be free I want to go on vacations I want a mansion I want a car I want a Rolls Royce I want a dog whatever write all those tangible things down then next to it put emotions and underlined it and then think about the emotions that you will feel when you get that Rolls Royce when you get that money, when you get that house, when you get that dog, and it's like happy, excited, content, stable, secure, whatever those words are. Sorry, you're supposed to put elevated emotions as your title, not uh, emotions. And then while you're doing his meditations, when he asks you to come into your being and come into who you want to be and you're everything that you want, usually towards the end of the meditations, you'll know. He's eliciting emotions out of you, not thoughts not visions and definitely not affirmations in your mind he's asking you to pull those emotions out of your heart like in a heart chakra because we actually don't use our heart to its full power right our energies are usually blocked by everyday nonsenses in our life and media and you know the distractions that we don't know how to use our heart to attract something anymore so he like almost teaches you how to use your energy to your advantage and uh He says that within four days, you start to, scientifically, And within four days, he was doing research on his students that in the room, the energy was starting to shift. And in people, depending on how hard they were trying or how easy it came to them, um, within 24 hours, they were raising their vibration. And you could manifest things in as little as four days or in as much as a month or in a year Mm -hmm. just by practicing this way of doing things. And he said the key is to stick to it people lose the willpower to stick to it um because for some reason it's just not it's not pending enough for them yet I but feel like for, you,
0: you really have to practice it just like it's any anything else you do in your like life. brushing like your teeth yeah you want to get a uh, healthier body then you got to eat better and work out consistently you know you want to get better at your at your career you got to practice that craft on a daily basis this is the same concept
1: yeah you just want to keep getting better So the book Becoming Supernatural is what I'm, I haven't finished it fully yet, but it's definitely changed the vibe of my last few days. Um, And you know what it does? It's funny because this is, this is where I saw the pattern. Last Friday, I was fearing the unknown and Brian's telling me, dude, you let the fear of unknown paralyze you. And I'm like, okay, I have to surrender. And I just had to let go because I'm literally like, I'm like hurting myself by holding on. And then Two days later, Monday morning, I see this book and it's all about stepping into the unknown. And it's like, leave your body and your mind behind and just go into the unknown where you want to go. Feel the feelings you want to feel and let something new happen to you. Let something new come into your life so that you're not perpetuating the same things, which is your own fault, right? It's my own thinking that runs rampant that causes me to elicit the anxiety or sadness or whatever. But all in all, I had to share that. Um, It's Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Dispenza. Epigenetics. Is that the name of the book
0: by Mm. Bruce Lipton? No, no. The name of his book is called The Biology of Belief.
1: Okay, that one. And then you guys can look up uh, Sarnos, Dr. John Sarnos, Nicole Sachs, and then... Look up the Aaron guy. He if he was nine. If I could go on a plane to California right now, I really would. And then there was a machine that Brian and I looked into, but it was like fifteen grand.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, if anybody's interested in looking up Aaron, his last name is Pipers. P h y p e r s, or you can just type in Denise Richards' husband. There's a bunch of articles that just came out after this episode last week, because he basically went in depth and he's talking about how. For a while now, he's been being followed by what he thinks are like big pharma, like people that work for big pharma companies or things like that because he's healing all sorts of people with these natural remedies and these electromagnetic machines he's created that allows people to heal without surgery and without medicine in all these different ways. And so he was very careful about what he said, and you could tell he was holding but back you, a lot. You
1: could tell he was holding back, and you could tell he was he, getting really heated. He was really getting
0: heated. really heated because everyone that he was talking to was very much like, what are you talking about? They that were just, no they were like very judging him. Very yeah. dismissive. And he's like, I've legit been being followed for years um, because of what I'm able to accomplish. And he all created the created this stuff because throughout his life he's like I've been struck by lightning. I didn't die. Ninety percent of people that get struck by lightning or something like some outrageous. His purpose of
1: what he does is literally based from the moment he like his childhood. Like his story is so incredible. And then it was funny because I've been watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills probably for like ten years at this point. And anybody who else watches it too, like Kyle Richards is probably my absolute favorite on that show. And that two, but I saw it like two or three nights ago. My favorite person on that show now is Aaron. Nobody else. Like to see how slow and to me backwards and just like dumb everybody in that room was when he was speaking. And I'm not trying to sound judgmental. I'm just like feeling for him that a guy who's living out his purpose, who's literally helping people get a second chance at life without robbing them of money without going after insurance without pushing pills down their throat and is living on his life purpose at such an incredible speed right now and he's sitting in this room of like Hollywood you know not elites but you know it is all Hollywood there in, on in that table in that scene that the poor guy like didn't even have a chance you know and I just I felt that people should have been more receptive of him um And also for the fuckers who are probably following him, which is probably our government, um, I'm happy that he actually came out and said something because now all eyes are on them. And so if they do do something and they try to hurt him or they try to like to hurt his family because of all the good things he's doing, uh, I'm sure somebody will uncover that story and be after them very soon because people like him are like needed in this world right now. I truly feel that. In a time where we have people like Bill Gates shoving vaccines down everyone's throat and trying to monetize off of it. And then we've got him who's trying to just naturally heal people with natural things in, in our life, in our world. That was my rant for the day.
0: Rant on, I, I need sister. water like my mouth is dry. Rant
1: on. <laughs> but I uh, hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Um, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to either one of us. Um, I hope you got something out of it, if not just pure entertainment or just pure judgment of how wackadoo Nina and Brian are.
0: (laughs) Well, we we definitely recommend you go fact check, you know, what we're talking about. Go research it yourself, develop your own opinions. Um, This is something that I've looked into for a very long time and think it's just incredibly fascinating, like in terms of the mind-body connection and how, you know, your emotional states can actually manifest as different illnesses and things of that nature. And I think it's awesome that just over the last week or two, Nina's also uncovered some really interesting information that we've dived into as well, and I think it's really important to take a look at because you can't always just agree and blindly follow what the status quo is. We have to question everything, we have to develop our own opinions, and we have to look into alternate opportunities that can help us in different areas of our lives right because if we're not doing that we're not questioning things then we're literally just sheep following along with everything that's going on
1: you know just thinking about it, some of the most successful people in the world whatever you want to define success by fame money health what wealth whatever it is they do have one thing in common they don't stay in the past these no, people are very resilient like inside and out and i do consider myself to be a very resilient person but I can hold the past in me like intensely, which is emotional blockages. But really successful people just have a way of like, I don't know, just like jumping. Like, nope, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go make another sales call. I'm going to, you know, they just like, go, go, go. They don't get bogged down by their mind, so to speak, mm-hmm. which is just talking to them based off past experiences anyway. That's right. But uh. Really, I'm gonna stop talking now. That's all I have today. (laughs) All right, right, guys. Well, thanks everybody so much. We'll see
0: you next time. Have a good week.